welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. Although in this case, we're not really doing either. We're talking a lot about Marvel. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chuck Bailey. Excelsior! Woo! And super producer, Ian Stimson. How do? How do? And for the first time ever, we have a guest. The one, the only, the Australian, Dave Mateo! Aw, oh, crikey, g'day, mates. Yay! <laughs> hey! Conforming to stereotypes already. We love it, Dave. Love it, love it. So, this week, no football, nothing exciting going on, and we figured it would be a good week to do something a little different, get a little crazy, uh, and in memory of the recently departed Stan Lee, uh, we've Thought we'd talk about Marvel, all about Marvel this week. Uh, Dave, you're a pretty big nerd, right? Oh, yeah, I'm big time nerd. Brilliant, you get a guest on. So, Dave, you're a pretty big nerd, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, you got friends? No? <laughs> no, no friends. <laughs> this is the most human contact I've had in weeks. <laughs> I really wish that was a joke. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um... So we do have some questions, I believe, that we're going to get to, but I thought we would start off by kind of going through... Oh, first of all, Ian, have you finished watching the movies? Did you watch Civil War this week with your kid? I, I watched Civil War. Like, I finished watching Civil War about an hour ago. Ooh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm obviously, I'm happy f- I'm happy to be spoiled. Don't worry about uh, any spoilers or anything, because I realise I'm way behind the curve. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I did enjoy Civil War. It was good. It took a while to get going. There's a lot of fucking UN ratifying shit, and then the fights are <laughs> yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah, it's very spy heavy. Like once it gets going, it's great. But Christ, it did take a while. But yeah, so I'm 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 fresh fresh from a Marvel film. Nice, and actually, that's a good place to say spoilers for all of the Marvel movies. If you have not watched Absolutely. all of them, heavy heavy spoilers <laughs> inside. But to be honest, if you haven't seen them, like. Like You're not Ian. listening to this you, you anyway. Should, you can't be that precious about it. That happened with um, Force Awakens, too. Like, Obviously, the big thing that happens in that one. It was like a month later, and I made a joke about it on Twitter. And someone that I'm friends with, like a fa- family friend, was like, Oh, spoiler alert much? I was like, it's been a fucking month. Like, Yeah, don't even get me started on that one. I had huge arguments with people about that. <laughs> Is that because Dumbledore dies or something? like you? Uh. <laughs> yeah, Dumbledore dies in the fifth Star Wars movie. Yeah. You stood outside going, the midgets get the ring to Mordor. They get the ring to Mordor. Ha! Okay, you've said Dumbledore dies, so now Findy can't listen to this one. But I oh. don't think he should listen anyway. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, mate. We're not doing Predictor League this week, so he shouldn't be expecting a mention. No, no. He just hears bleeps and go, what did Chuck say? <laughs> well, one slipped through the net last week, didn't it, super producer? You're going to have to downgrade him to average producer. No, we're just kidding, Ian. Don't let him leave us, please. Um, uh, Dave, as the guest of honor this week, I figured let you choose the first category. We have best movie, uh, favorite character, favorite action sequence slash fight, and which character team up movie you would love to see the most. All right. Let's start off with, let's start it easy and go favorite characters. I mean, I kind of have to back the Aussie here and go for Thor, right? (laughs) <laughs> but, only, but only Thor from Ragnarok onwards. No one likes Shakespearean crappy Thor. Everyone likes funny action Thor. Yeah, he's definitely better after the haircut. He wants like Zeppelin, one-eyed, electric Raiden looking motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want that Thor? 
Yeah, like proper rock and roll Thor. Yeah, when he were, when he like lands on that bridge with electricity flown out of his eye, I was like, ooh, okay, all right, all right, taking it to a new level. I appreciate that, Thor. No one wants Thor who's trying to bang what's-her-face. Oh, uh, Princess Amidala. Yeah, Natalie Portman. He's trying to do, there's your crossover right there. <laughs> Midget Natalie Portman who just got written out of it for whatever reason. Probably wanted too much money. Probably useless, that's why. Oh, she disappeared, is she? Oh, yeah. See, they they, they mention that she's off on some science expedition somewhere. Yeah. There's a, there's a few of the female characters that just kind of disappear. And, like, uh, okay. all you get is, like, one-off lines. Um, I think it's mentioned in Civil War. Uh, maybe when they're having, like, a cocktail party. Yeah. And um, Tony Stark and Thor are both together and they're talking about Pepper Potts. And... No, that's in Ultron, dude. That's not Civil War. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So remember, they're yeah. all trying to pick up his hammer. Oh, I love that. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, Dave, was that from the comics? You still like Thor, or was it just a, a a massively Hemsworth kind of motivated back your boy? Massively Hemsworth back <laughs> your boy. The cl- Hemsworth clone army that there is. <laughs> I mean, if we're going comics, then I'm always a Punisher boy. Ooh. Oh, okay. Make the case. Why Punisher? Well, very specifically, Punisher Max, if anyone's read... I, no one's probably read that. Maybe Oscar. No, so not me. Puni- Punisher Max is like an R-rated comic book where it's just the most grotesque action, 80s-style sort of stories that you can get. So it's basically the Punisher goes after the Russian mob and there's guys that look like sharks and <laughs> it just gets wild. So definitely more of the surreal kind of element. I like it. <laughs> it, it's surreal, but set very much in like a realistic setting. As realistic as shark gangsters can be. <laughs> yeah, it's like, basically. Uh, oh, what does that remind me of? Street Sharks. Did it, Did anyone else ever remember Street yeah. Sharks? Vin Diesel did the uh, Street Sharks toy line. No, really? Yeah, go look at the go look on um, YouTube and the ads for the Street Shark toys are Vin Diesel. Amazing. That made me so happy. That's going to get tweeted. That's <laughs> that's going out there, out of completely out of context. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love the tweets the day before we release of like weird random things. Randomly based around Ian's facts of the week and Joey Chestnut videos. and <laughs> Oh, Joey Chestnut. We don't spoke about Joey Chestnut. Good old Joey Chestnut. He's probably in an eating competition. I wonder what he's doing right now. He's watching a Marvel movie, probably. It's the off season for him, I think. So we've gone through a bit of Thor and Punisher, but Oscar, what's your kind of, if you had a character, one kind of shining light? Well, as a nerdy kid from Queens, New York, Spider-Man really kind of resonates. Um, plus, he's just really fucking cool. Like doing all the backflips and the flips with the, the webs and stuff. Uh, Spider-Man's my boy. Spider-Man's your boy. Very much Spider-Man. I, he's sarcastic. He's awkward and nerdy. Has strong opinions about sandwiches and sandwich shops in New York. <laughs> I mean, I might be going out on a limb, but is he you? <laughs> <laughs> there's the new Spider-Man, too, in the comics. He's not in the movies yet. Although there's that um, animated one that's coming out in about a month. Um, but his name is Miles Morales. He's like the second yeah. Spider-Man. He's a teenager from New York. And I think he's like half black, half Hispanic or something like that. And so like even more now, I like have another Spider-Man to relate to. Like Spider-Man, I feel the most New York to me um i don't know if you guys would necessarily agree with that i mean so many of the marvel characters are based around and out of new york yeah it's such a it's such a strong link i think that's the 
I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of why I always preferred Marvel to DC. Not that I was like, I've always loved comic books and thought like the characters and the things around it are great and be that from the cartoons, like the old X-Men cartoons in the 90s or Spider-Man or, or what have you. But um, there's so much more of a tangible connection because Marvel, it's always, you know, oh, Spider-Man is from Queens, Captain America's from Brooklyn, the Daredevil's from Hell's Kitchen, etc. Because Stan Lee, when he when he was starting to Marvel, like he would write scenes just by looking out of his window and seeing what he could see from the offices, which were were in New York, and it's the area he knew, and it it kind of made a connection. Whereas obviously DC is much more, you know, it's Metropolis or Gotham City or Circuit City. I think is the Flash <laughs> or something like that. Is that what it is? No, Central City. Central Circuit City. City. Circuit City was know. a electronics shop for like fifteen years over here. I don't fucking know. It's like Whatever. saying Best Buy. <laughs> so there you go. It's the same thing. And then Best Buy Village and yeah. Smallville and what have you. So like, it's all kind of kind of linked, but you don't have that real thing of, of knowing those places, which I think gives so much more of a connection. Do you guys ever get like jealous that all the superheroes are based in the US mostly? Or do you feel like... like is there a British superhero or an Australian superhero that like has resonates more with you guys geographically or... or... No, but I don't think it really matters. I mean, there is Captain Britain in Marvel. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, off the top of my head, it's evaded me now. Like, there's, there's definitely some that are, that are based in England. But... B- Banana Man. Banana Man, yeah. <laughs> Super Ted. Super, Super Ted. Ted! There we go. There we go. Nailed it. Beautiful. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Super Ted. <laughs> Tell us about Super Ted. Super Ted was... <laughs> Oh, fuck no. Now I'm thinking of Rupert. Uh, it was... <laughs> now I'm thinking of Rupert the bear. Rupert. And I was just thinking, oh, he had Rupert. a scarf and like... Rupert, and the trousers. upper class toss pot. <laughs> yeah. So Super Ted had like a magic, secret magic word that when he said it, he could, he turned into Super... He was just a normal teddy bear who could like walk and talk and shit, whatever. Uh, yeah, just, but then, that's, that's not super know, enough a, in itself. Just a normal teddy bear, yeah. But then when he said a magic word, he could, like, uh, fly and... That was about it, wasn't it? He could fly? I don't know. Yeah, he had a cape. So he's like yeah. Shazam, but a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like a very basic stuffed Shazam. What's your favourite character then, Chuck? Why don't we go to you? Um, I was trying to think about this today, and it is, it is quite tough. Um, You know, Stan Lee created so many characters that mm. have... There's so much of a human element with them, which I quite like. Yeah. Um, I did always, you know, watch when I was a kid, like I said, watching the X-Men um, cartoons. So I always quite liked Gambit because he was like throwing cards and shit around. And I thought that was cool. And so I used to go around my house throwing cards. Um, <laughs> it didn't work. Didn't work that well. Um, yeah. And when I was young, like the Hulk, always quite liked the Hulk in all the different incarnations like i don't care what people say about the first hulk movies i think they're great because you know big green smash is great um and then more in the modern times with the films i think from just from the way they were portrayed in marvel um like doctor strange and ant-man um i found like a lot more interesting in the kind of more science and and mystical kind of side of it yeah um yeah never really felt it really an intense connection to one kind of character more than any other just just like it i think the anything where you can create such an intricate universe where you know all these people know each other and they're all interlinked and they can just pop up anywhere or in the background of a scene or or what have you um i just think it's so impressive yeah we take it for granted now but like 
going back to I was a freshman in college and like the idea that these characters were going to start showing up in each other's movies and they were actually going to make this extended universe that was like the comics, like all the comics that I loved. Like that was always one of my favorite things was that like all of a sudden Deadpool shows up in a Spider-Man book or like Wolverine can go have an adventure with, you know, Hulk or whatever. Like it was all these like crossovers in the books and we, we never had that even on the animated shows. Like I think Spider-Man shows up in one episode of the X-Men animated series. And I was like, Oh, this is so fucking cool. But then like seeing it happening in movies was so impressive. And like, we take it for granted now because everyone else is trying to do an extended universe, but Marvel, like, genuinely like innovative in that regard i don't know how you guys felt like dave what was it for you the first time you saw like iron man showing up in the background of uh the hulk movie i mean all that stuff's real cool but it's like when you see nick fury show up in the like that first end credit scene and you're like this is going to be a thing now like that crossover that one is weird that it's like do they have nick fury in a cartoon like in a movie no one knows who nick fury is except for this Small group of nerds. Mm. Number two, they got Samuel Jackson to play him, which is like a. W- <laughs> so for people who don't know, there's a, a comic series called The Ultimates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Nick Fury in that series is actually based on Samuel Jackson. So they got Samuel Jackson to play Nick yeah. Fury in the movies. So it's like that was just a mind blowing, weird sort of amalgamation of everything that sort of showed that Marvel movies knew what they were doing for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like an incredibly meta thing. Yeah. Just got even more meta. It's like if you're going to put the effort in to do that, you're going to put the effort in to do everything else properly. Yeah, and it's a real. The good thing is, like, even people who didn't know, you know, who Nick Fury was, just showing up at the end. You think, okay, it's more than likely if Samuel L. Jackson's in it, it's probably a character we're going to need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he, yeah exactly. he's not the kind of one who would just like turn up once and like disappear. Oh, I don't know about that. Samuel L. Jackson does that a lot. yeah okay well i mean if he's gonna survive the film and not get eaten (laughs) by some sort of oversized animal or something that shouldn't be been created or like snakes on a plane i don't know if he dies in that i've never seen it but just assume like it's a very contained environment and there's a lot of poisonous snakes just like australia (laughs) sounds like australia (laughs) except australia's massive dave i don't know i'm pretty sure i've never been over there pretty sure it's bigger than say like a plane yeah oh okay it's all lies is it it's most of it's we can't live in like the snakes have just taken over (laughs) we're in this tiny little bit (laughs) yeah the xs in australia is off the charts expected snakes expected snakes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we got got it i was waiting for some sort of excess that to come in (laughs) but i think you're exactly right chuck like the thing for me is that they take these characters with such, like, love and understanding of what they are and what makes them great. And you compare that to, like, DC, where, like, in the first Superman movie, like, he kills someone. And you're like, no, Superman would literally never do that. And then, like, Batman rolls up. And and I admittedly actually kind of enjoyed Batman v Superman, despite myself, because it's not a good movie. Is it because your mum's name is Martha? <laughs> no. Is your mum's name Martha? It is not, no. That would be perfect. But, like, Batman in that movie is just shooting people with a gun. Like, Batman would (laughs) never use a gun. And, like, they clearly don't care about getting the characters right. They just want to make these big, loud movies that make money. Whereas Marvel, like, really genuinely knows what they're doing. 
It's the Zack Snyder side of like he wants everything to be dark and wants it to be, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, you look at like Aquaman that's coming out. Aquaman was always, you know, taken, made fun out of because it was quite camp, even though in terms of like toe to toe, he could he could really compete with Superman. But but now everything is just like, oh, it's dark or it's got to be like this or it's got to be broody or, oh, we want to make it R rated. Oh, but we're going to chicken out, which is why Suicide Squad is just absolutely abhorrent piece of cinema yeah except for except for wonder woman which is great yeah and i think shazam might end up being good i i have my hopes up which is a dangerous thing to do with those movies but it seems like the ones that dc don't care about will turn out well which actually is kind of what happened with marvel right like they had to make a movie out of iron man who was not a top tier character like they sold all the top tier characters because they were broke in the 90s and so they yeah. don't have Spider-Man. They don't have the Fantastic Four. They don't have the X-Men. And so mm-hmm. they had to turn these, like, C-list characters into stars. And so they, like, had to really do a good job with it to sell it. And I think that that's the same thing you see in DC is, like you guys just said, the ones that are less famous or less popular are the ones that they do a better job with, which is kind of weird. Yeah, because I, I think it's also because if you don't have a perception of those characters, like, if you don't have... You know, through reading comics, most people end up sticking to one arc. So if you say, for example, like Spider-Man, you had like the amazing Spider-Man, the incredible Spider-Man, superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man, whatever, all the different arcs. So depending on which author you really like builds your idea of what you think Spider-Man should be. Mm-hmm. And then you see a Spider-Man movie. And if it isn't what you, to what your taste is, well, automatically it's shit. That's why most comic book movies probably won't af- appeal to most diehard comic book fans because you can't please everyone. Ultimately, they make movies because, and they make a lot of these movies, you know, two or three a year because it makes a fuckload of money because it speaks to people. Mm-hmm. And that's why, so something like, say, Doctor Strange or Ant-Man or, like you were saying, Wonder Woman, who a lot of people only remember, like, Lin- no, Lin- was it Linda Carter, I think? Yeah, that's right. Wonder Woman in the TV show. And that's all their idea of that is. So they're completely open to, to whatever gets presented. So if something gets presented just categorically as a great film, regardless of what intellectual property or what character it is, it just can resonate with people much more. And people go, hey, actually, that was a much better movie, even though it won't make as much as, say, like Avengers or, or the, the crossovers or Batman versus Superman, which just shouldn't have made money. I assume everyone who went to see it's name was Martha. <laughs> your mom's name is martha <laughs> my mom's name is martha uh to transition over now because you said crossovers um the next category we have is a uh, team up like what team up you would like to see the most maybe one that you haven't seen one that you have seen before i got anything and before thor ragnarok was coming around i really wanted to see a thor and hulk buddy cop movie because <laughs> i thought that'd be great and they go around and they like you know have to investigate some stuff and, you know, they get into mishaps. And then Thor Ragnarok came along, and it was amazing. So I feel like I created that. <laughs> yeah, it was all you, right? Yeah. I, don't, I, I signed away my rights, though. I don't I don't make any money from it. So. And then that damn New Zealander took all the credit. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, he's amazing. Like, Thor Ragnarok, I, I think it is probably my favorite out of all of the Marvel films they've done. I just think it's so, so good. And and Taika Waititi, who incidentally also has one of my favourite names ever, um, right up there with Samuel Mtiti. Um, 
I like titties, guys. Um, yes, yeah, we got it. Just, it just, just did such a good job with that, and also playing Korg, who was just hilarious. Yes, Korg in it. destroyed. Oh my god! Is like, hello. So funny. My name's Korg. My name's Korg. This is Meek. Uh, I'm a, I'm made of rock. It's okay. Uh, it's just, oh, <laughs> just so simple and just so innocent, but uh, amazing. So, Dave, if you could make your own dream team-up buddy cop type movie, who? What are your two characters you're going for? Oh, Rocket Raccoon and Iron Man. Oh, just just <laughs> those two on some intergalactic adventure, going around sassing everyone, <laughs> sassing everyone, and just like what? What's the premise? Are they are they just like blowing shit up? Are they just like getting the ladies? I don't know. Tony Stark has to go f- try and find something. And Rocket Raccoon's like, oh, I'll go steal that. But in the end, they become friends. Could it <laughs> Could it be like Night at the Roxbury, but with Rocket Raccoon and Iron Man? I'm picturing more of a Dude Where's My Car vibe from that one. Yes. <laughs> now, see, this is how it begins, guys. Yeah, they have to get the Continuum Transfunctioner. <laughs> you, you put this stuff out in the world, Zoltan. And it might happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Marvel already have this idea written down for their 700 future <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know that uh, RDJ's sticking around much after this next, you know, six months from now. I think that might be the end of uh, that opportunity. Ah, they'll, they'll they'll throw another billion dollars at him, and he'll be back. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll get rid of well, they'll get rid of everyone and change some things over. But but just think of the gadgets those two could come up with. And the hijinks. Like, they're both such good inventors. I feel like that is a really good pair-up. And then at the very end, Rocket Raccoon gets his own little Iron Man armor. Oh, my God! Oh! <laughs> yeah! Oh, I just came. That's amazing. <laughs> imagine, imagine just all the kid, the toys out of that. So many toys. We're oh. making Marvel some serious money I now. I know. That's my entire <laughs> Christmas list now, is Rocket Raccoon <laughs> Iron Man toys. Oh. And just creating some sort of hybrid for yourself. And meanwhile, every so often, you just cut back to Earth, and it's just Groot and, um, what's Iron Man's driver called? Happy. Yeah, Happy. They're just sitting there, hanging out, just, like, playing games in Iron Man, in uh, Tony Stark's mansion. Oh, yeah, Groot would have a real good time. He, lo- he has this, like, little 80s video game thing. Imagine, like, how much he'd have in a VR room. <laughs> oh, we're not going to top that answer, so I'm not even going to bother giving one. That's perfect. <laughs> little Rocket Raccoon in Iron Man armor. Oh come on! What what would you want? come on? You got you got to provide something. Bring something to the table. All right. Well, I was gonna go New York with it and have um, a three way with mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is with uh, Doctor Strange, Cap, and Spider Man, but like doing some like real um, New York type thing. Like they have to go into the subways and find some like mole people. So they have to do like a <laughs> Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, why, why not, if you're going to do the New York thing and, and Spider-Man loves sandwiches, why not it mm-hmm. turns into some sort of quasi-mockumentary food travel show? In. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange is like, I've seen 14 million sandwiches, and this is the only one. <laughs> yes, I've seen every eventuality of sandwich. I've seen 14 million sandwiches, but I still choose to eat at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> Ad deals all over the place. Yeah. Subway New York, that, that's perfect. Okay, satisfied with that. Let's move on to best fight slash action sequence. Who wants to take this one? So I've got one, but it's kind of outside of the Marvel Universe, but still in the Marvel Universe. All right, let's hear it. In the first Deadpool, the fight scene in the car. 
Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. that was so well done. Yeah. Even and you didn't even mind because that was when they, they put together the what was it like the eight minute? Yeah, that was their like te- that was their test reel for the whole movie. Yeah, that they they leaked or accidentally released and yeah, that meant the movie got made. Oh, yeah, that was impressive. I love that that close quarters stuff. Um, it's always nice when you see like especially if they're doing martial arts when you can actually see what's happening. So often there's there's loads of films where the cuts are all so quick and it's zoomed in you can't actually see all of like the how intelligent the the movement is of like all the actors and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, that was so well done and then mixed in with the comedy, it was just perfect. Yeah, yeah in terms of the close quarters, it actually reminded me. Um, I always kind of compare that to the Daredevil hallway fights. If you've ever seen the Netflix yeah shows, yeah. those hallway fights are like really cramped, good like hard-hitting martial arts and i i I love those those are so good yeah it's very old boy and i i did like in the in the first daredevil the fact in the tv series that he you could see he was actually getting tired because he didn't have the superhuman strength or whatever so he starts off the fight obviously doing like much faster kicks and wall jumps and stuff but by the end he can barely like lift himself up to like knock the guy out and he's just knackered afterwards yeah. I think some of that is also the actor just being tired from having to do that in one take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It was pretty much one shot, wasn't it? And yeah. It was, oh, so impressive. Yeah, and they keep topping themselves because then in the next season, it's the like staircase one. And then in season three, it's the one at the prison, which is like 20 right. minutes or something insane. We can I can flip this around and tell you what the worst fight scene I've ever seen was. Okay. Um, and it was very disappointing because like I, I quite like martial arts and I've watch quite a lot of kung fu movies and enjoy that kind of stuff but the first fight scene in the lobby in the first episode of iron fist i watched that and just turned it off and never watched that show again <laughs> it's for the best that show was so bad you, you got further than me into it then yeah that's that's all i could make like oh it's so bad like the timing is awful and it's a guy who's meant to be all about martial arts and it's so upsetting they didn't put the time into it and and the love to make sure that that crucial part of the character was good, and yeah, that just made me lose any interest in in any of the TV shows. I got through that entire season and I was real angry that we pushed through because it was not worth the time <laughs> at all. Um, I think for me, Dave, similar to yours in terms of like being on a highway and cars being involved, my best action sequence is from Civil War, where um. The chase with I with uh, Cap, Bucky, and T'Challa, um, and how it starts like on the roof, and then they like jump across, and they're running across the city, and they're like flipping over cars. Cap does that one thing where he like grabs the motorcycle out of the air, and then immediately starts riding it in the other direction, and the whole, everyone's just like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that action sequence. I could watch that on repeat over and over and over again. Yeah. Going with that as well, the uh, Black Panther car chase. Yeah. Where they go through Hong yes. Kong or Korea, wherever it is. Yeah, the, the martial arts, the fight scenes in Black Panther, like, all of them were pretty, like, substantially higher class than, than most of the other fight scenes. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, that was so good. That and Winter Soldier has, like, really high, like, they clearly took their time during the during the fight choreography on it. Yeah. That That's another highway fight action sequence that's super super good ian i'm curious to hear your reaction because you just watched civil war what did you what did you make of those sequences well obviously i'm only sort of two-thirds of the way through these films but 
Um, the Captain America films have been consistently good, I think. Without a doubt, they've been some of my favourites. I really like the first one, just because it's like places it in a sort of historical setting, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really enjoyed that. But um, what I was going to ask you, Oscar, is uh, how many of these have you seen uh, in the cinema or in the, in the theatre? Oh, all of them. All of them. Every single one. Most of them, actually, pretty sure other than Thor 2, I've seen them all repeatedly in the theatres. Okay. Because when I was watching, like, Civil War tonight, like... I mean, I've got a fairly okay sound system, but I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. I would have, I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema. It came out, I think, at the at the same time they rolled out the 4DX cinemas as well. Oh, okay. Civil Civil War, I think, was one of the first ones with like the moving seats and smoke machines right. and lights, and they used smells, so they had like the smell of burning rubber through the motorcycle chase and. When there was like excessive gunfire, they had like the smell of cordite and and okay. a few other bits and pieces, and it's so impressive those films. Um, and people were saying then like it really souped up. I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen all of them apart from Ant Man. I still haven't seen Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, you got to watch it! It's so good. There's a couple of others I've just missed through various reasons that made me very sad. Um, a lot of them I've watched multiple times. Sometimes, yeah, within like a week of going to see it before I've just gone and seen it again because I'm like, fuck it, I want it, I want this all over my face, neck and chest. Right before Infinity War, <laughs> we did the big rewatch of all of them because we have them all on Blu-ray here at home. So like over the course of basically two weeks, I think we did it in. We were watching like one a night and a bunch on the weekends. And it was nice. it's really cool to see them back to back to back like that. But Ian, I think you're exactly right. Captain America is the best series of them, at least the right. Earth-based ones. Guardians probably is also up there. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the first because there are a couple that I've seen in and of themselves. So I saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I've seen Volume Two, even though like so I skipped ahead on that one. Yeah, um, I didn't think Volume Two was as good. I loved the first Guardians of the Galaxy film; absolutely loved it. I mean, again, maybe it's just a music and sound thing, but I just love the soundtrack. It's fucking great. I mean, yeah. everyone, knows, everyone knows that. Uh, what was it? And I, I saw Thor Ragnarok as well. Um, that was a weird one where I just got some free trial of some film thing and that was the only decent thing to watch. So I watched that out of sequence and really enjoyed that. So am I right in thinking that it's amateur hour? Sorry, guys. But that um, the only reason Spider-Man wasn't included originally is because Sony owned the character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Oscar, Oscar mentioned earlier that Marvel... Marvel in like the early nineties was having like some real troubles. Yeah. Um, like financially. So they sold off some of their IPs. So they sold Spider Man and kind of everything directly related to him. Sony bought that because Spider Man has always been the most profitable IP out of all of Marvel stuff. That's why you see it like no matter what super supermarket you go into, there'll be like Spider Man. Uh, pajamas for kids or there'll be toys everywhere yeah yeah. Um, so they could make the most money out of that and then they sold x-men and fantastic four and basically everything that was kind of in space to fox fox sorry yeah which they're getting back now yeah which they're gradually working back and they have done with various backroom deals and things like that and so that's why it was such a big deal that spider-man became involved with uh, now into the Marvel universe, as with the Mar- the X Men stuff that will gradually feed in, because they just didn't have the rights, they weren't able to. And there's also certain words they can't use, so they can't say mutant 
because Mutant is part of X-Men, so that can't be a part of the, the main Marvel okay. franchise. Yeah, which is why Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are technically Magneto's kids and they're mutants in the comics. Yeah. But in the movies, obviously, there's no Magneto and there's no mutants in, in the MCU. So they had to yeah. say that they were, like, genetically mutated by one of the Infinity Stones. Like, Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they have to come up with more creative ways, and that's why, you know... Pretty much every story we've seen, like especially um, Civil War, like the Fantastic Four are kind of very pivotal in a lot of those. So they've had to rewrite tons and tons of stuff. And that's why it's so incredibly impressive and intricate um, what they've created. And, and now, although now I worry that it, if they bring everything in, it will be like a bit too much. Well, that's why I think they're phasing out some of these OG Avengers. Like, I don't know if you saw the, the tattoo shop I go to uh, in New York. They... On their Instagram, they posted all the original Avengers got a tattoo, matching tattoos there, um, of, like, the Avengers A. And I feel right. like they, like, it was, you know, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, Hawkeye, all, all of them, the original ones, all got that same tattoo. Uh, and I feel like they wouldn't do that if it wasn't, like, to mark the end of an era for them mm. kind of thing. So I feel like that, as much as anything else, is a strong indication that they, that those guys are all kind of wrapping up. And they're going to make room for the new generation to come in. So, like, it's going to be now Fantastic Four and X-Men and obviously the Guardians and Black Panther and Doctor Strange are going to kind of like take more prominent roles. And I really do think that, like, after the next one, like, I'd be very surprised if Cap and Iron Man make it out of the next movie alive. Would you be surprised if the, the characters are still around? Uh, well, with Cap, you know, in the books, everybody's been Cap at some point or another. Yeah, everyone, but, Buck, but Bucky takes over... Long yeah. term. So I think they're going to give the character of Cap to Bucky. Um, now that he's got all the like head brainwashing out of him because of T'Challa and they like took him to Wakanda and all that. Like, I feel like he, they're just setting him up to be the next Cap slowly but surely. Um, and if you notice, like all the ones that got dusted in Infinity War are like the people who are going to be the next Avengers. It's Spider-Man. It's uh, Doctor Strange, it was Black Panther. It's like all the main ones going forward. So I feel like that is a strong indication of like who Avengers 2.0 are going to be now that, you know, these guys are kind of wrapping it up. Yeah, I think so. And it's one of the freedoms you get with comics because everything is interchangeable with, with like you said, you know, everyone's been Captain America. I think at the minute it's Falcon in some arcs and then, yeah, in some it's, it's Bucky. And they can just change the look of a character. You know, they did it with Nick Fury in comics. So there's no real need for anything to be held sacred in that kind of way. Plus, you know, these guys are getting older, the the actors. So so it can't be as convincing. Um, you know, they can't do the, the amazing CGI anti-aging work like they did with um, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. And they also did with Michael Douglas, I think, in the first Ant-Man. And Kurt Russell in uh, Guardians. Kurt Russell in Guardians. Yeah, it's the same stuff they used for, like, Pr Princess Leia with Carrie Fisher. Um, Tarkin. Yeah, like, all, all kinds of stuff. And it's genius. But, they, you know, it costs a lot of money and takes a hell of a lot of time to do that. Plus, like we said, Robert Downey Jr., because he's been so integral um, in, in rebooting this franchise is he's now incredibly expensive. So for their point of view, he, you know, they, they want him off the wage bill as it were. It's the same, you know, with, with like premier league teams <laughs> and having players, once they get relegated, like 
you know, once he's taken it as far as he can go, they don't want him to be a, a bit part kind of player. So I don't know if they're co- where their contract statuses currently are, but I think most on, like, of them, yeah, most of them are at the end. Bucky has the most movies still left on his contract. He signed up for a nine movie arc, and I guess if you count his nine. cameo, yeah, nine movies. Jeez. Um, okay. If you count his cameo in Black Panther, right, okay. then he has four left. If you don't, then he has five left. Um, so he's got a whole lot left on that. I think um, Benedict Cumberbatch has signed up for like three more movies, two more movies. Okay. Um, so these guys, like these guys, still have a whole lot. I'm sure they, if they didn't already pay Chadwick Boseman a whole lot of money and sign him up for the next twenty years, they are certainly <laughs> going to do that as soon as possible, given how insanely popular Black Panther was. So let's wrap it up then with our last and probably most important category, best movie. And Ian, I want you to join us on this one because you've seen enough of them now to have an opinion. Yeah, you've seen what, like 16 at this point? If you're a two-thirds Yeah, if you're in Civil War, you've seen 12, I believe. That's the 12th one. Yeah, and I have seen a couple more. Yeah, okay. So you take it away. What's your favorite one so far? Okay, my, and this is maybe uh, layman's stuff here, but like... My favourite one was for the first Iron Man one, the very first film, because I was not expecting it to be as good, right? So you guys are into mm-hmm. into comics and blah, blah. I never have been. And I was like, I always said to Kel, when it came to these sorts of, like, superhero films, comic films or whatever, I was like, we don't, we, we shouldn't watch that until we've had a kid because we won't be able to get away from that sort of stuff. You know, like he's like, you know, it, it, once... you didn't want to have to watch it twice, basically. Well, if yeah, it was you know, so, but and I've always viewed it like that, that sort of like, well, it's something we'll have to go through because we've got a kid. And when we actually watched Iron Man, I was like, fuck me, that was a really good film. <laughs> like a genuinely yeah. great mm. film, great story. You know, which obviously all you guys knew about because you'd read the comics and stuff. But like, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And it sucked me straight in. And it was a real, for me anyway, watching then uh, Hulk afterwards, it was, was a real dive bomb in in comparison. But the, that that first Iron Man film was absolutely brilliant and sucked me in, sucked me in straight away. It was really good. <laughs> I love that you keep saying suck me in. It's... <laughs> sucked me in. I keep That's giggling. Because... <laughs> But I don't mean it like that. But what I'm saying is, I I was a slightly reluctant watcher, a slightly reluctant viewer, and uh, it got me. Iron Man was kind of the perfect first film, though. Just with Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, like that was the perfect kicking off point. Yeah, yeah. Similarly, we were saying about the the Samuel L. Jackson thing is that that there are Iron Man comics. I, I'm sure it was before the film came out, but you know he's modelled on Robert Downey Jr. at that time. Like very down and out, alcoholic, yeah, um, ex womanizer, like just all on his own, destitute, uh, but obviously not destitute. That's the wrong word because he was still fucking rich, emotionally destitute. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Let's go for that. So there, there is very much a synergy there, and I and I understand why because at, at that point of Iron Man coming out, there, comic book movies and and stuff like hadn't been successful really. Yeah, I mean, other than like. The first X-Men and the Spider-Man movies. Not even really Spider-Man that much because, well, yeah. I the Tobey Maguire ones made money. But I feel yeah. like that Iron Man and also that was 2008. So that was the same year that Dark Knight came out. And like, what yeah. a monumental year for comic book movies. What a huge turning point because it took it from like mm-hmm. campy, wacky, yeah. kind of like, you know, Willem Dafoe, googly eyes 
villains and like way over the top to like a much more serious interpretation yeah, and a serious sinister. attempt. Yeah. 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 To not just be for kids, but to be like just a good movie for anybody. Yeah. And so like mm-hmm. Iron Man is obviously super, super important. That and uh, and Chris Nolan's Dark Knight movies. Like I just think back to two thousand eight, like it's so like pre two thousand eight and post two thousand eight pop culture yeah, is yeah, like definitely. just forever different. Just forever. Yeah, because bef- before that, you'd argue, what? So, so because Batman Begins wasn't w- was was good, but it wasn't monumental. Not in nowhere. It's definitely overshadowed by The Dark Knight. Batman Begins still the best Batman film. Ooh, that's a hot Ooh. take. <laughs> it's the only one where Christopher Nolan actually keeps a story going. Hang on. So you don't think it's Batman Forever? I mean, that's just a <laughs> masterpiece of cinema, isn't it? Yeah. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> <laughs> or is that Batman, and, Batman Robin? and Robin? I don't even care. I don't know. All those Batman films are the same movie for me. The The amount of arguments I've had with people trying to work out which one of those people played two, because it's like Michael Keaton, George Clooney, and Val Kilmer. And like, uh, I can never remember who did two. Did Clooney do two? No, Clooney did one. Did Keaton do Keaton did two. But I thought Val Kilmer did... No. And it just... It just didn't need to happen. I love Batman Forever. I've seen it so many times. Because I was like the exact right age when it came out. And I I had the VHS and I wore that VHS thin. Like all the way through. Just watching it over and over again. Oh man. So uh, Chuck, what's your what's your best movie then? I would say... I, I think, yeah, I said it earlier. Like Thor Ragnarok. It was just... It was... the, the I think the only way it could have been better for me... Is and this this is something. There's there's two things that that worry me or irritate me about the comic book movie so far, like the MCU. One is why do they keep killing all the villains? Like there's been some really great ones and they're just gone now. Mm. So unless they do some sort of retcon thing, those characters are just gone, um, and it, it it's annoying. And two, because it is so big budget, they can't leave anything to chance. So they have to give you all the information. So they have to do a teaser trailer, then a second teaser trailer, then a Comic-Con exclusive, then four more trailers to really hammer home. And the fact that Hulk was in the trailer and on the posters for Thor Ragnarok was the only thing that really I felt that let me down with that film. Because if you'd have the the moment and the way it built up to, to when he gets revealed would have just been absolutely perfect, especially with Hemsworth's reaction. Because Hemsworth is fantastic in that yeah, film. Yeah, he is. Like, he I really crushes it. Full boner for the Aussie boy in that one. Like <laughs> he was incredible. And just that reaction afterwards, if you'd have seen Hulk come out and he goes, "I work with him," like, ah, oh, you'd have been at full, like, full mast in the cinema. <laughs> and that's the only thing that that kind of marred that film for me. Nice. Yeah, that's a that is such his comedic timing is way more. Uh, it's way better than anyone gives him credit for, I feel like, because he's genuinely funny in that one. And actually, even the first Thor movie, like, I laughed my ass off the first time we saw it when he, like, throws the mug down and he goes, another! After he has the beer, <laughs> like, I was laughing my ass off in the theater with that. I feel like Chris Hemsworth, obviously, everybody just is like, oh, he's abs and arms, but he's also funny, which is like, mm. you know, the, the triple threat, really. Dave, what about you? What do you got for your best one? I'm going to go controversial and say Iron Man 3. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. 
Well, that's the last time we're having you as a guest. <laughs> Jesus. No, come on, come on. Like, Let's hear it. Let's Iron hear Man it. Three gets un undue stick from people. I think it. I think it was the moment where the Marvel movies grew up a lot. Like we went from sort of it almost follows like comics where it's like I the first Iron Man and some of the first movies like action movies and they're fun. Whereas Iron Man Three sort of maybe tackles a more grown up situation. Like it's it's an allegory for like alcoholism through the whole thing and like Tony Stark and this kid and all that sort of stuff. But I just liked it. I felt it was like the most grown up story that Marvel had done to that point. And if you look at the stuff like after it, it's like the Winter Soldier, Ultron, Civil War, like it kind of set up a bit more of a dark brooding adult universe for the Marvel to work in. Yeah, without going over the top, like it, yeah. it took on the seriousness as opposed to, you know, like we were saying before with DC, which just kind of went like, oh, I'm so mysterious. Like, you know, just just having that and, and making like all the scenery just tinted down the load and, and really dark. And any movie that can have a kid in it and not make me hate the kid, it does pretty well for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a pretty high bar. <laughs> well, I'm looking at my spreadsheet right now. Uh, and I have... Uh, oh, right. Hang on, hang on. Because this to... hasn't come out yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. Fuck's sake. Oh, I'm going to have to tweet this out. Well, you need to talk about what it is first, Oscar. All right. Okay, okay. <sighs> Expected Marvel. Yeah, basically. Just putting numbers on everything <laughs> so I can understand my own opinions better. Uh, well, we sat down We sat down one night and we were like... It was me and, and Emily, my wife, and we were like, what's the best Marvel movie? And it turned to this like this huge heated debate and it was like, well, what do you? how are you judging this? Are you judging it on like how entertaining it was? Are you judging it on like how much emotion it made you have? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, we need to be systematic about this so that we can actually have like a concrete answer. So what we did is we gave, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories that we decided are important seven. to the success of a Marvel movie. <laughs> it's nice not to be the nerdiest person in a room for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i like that he opened this by going like you're a nerd it's like oh what did you do one night i sat down with my fiance and we did a spreadsheet of yep, yep. God, please tell me it wasn't a saturday night uh might have been probably oh and she filed for divorce the very next day <laughs> <laughs> no no i've said it before and i'll say it again thank god you found each other yeah yeah, yeah we are a pretty perfect match well so here are the seven categories is action Emotional, uh, CGI, villain, wow factor, entertainment, and visuals. Wow factor being like, was there a moment where you were like... And fappability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, what's a good example of wow factor? When uh, in Civil War he catches the motorcycle or he's like yeah. flexing his bicep and holding the helicopter down and you're like, whoa, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how many good. wow moments does it have? So we give it a score from zero to 100 in all of those categories. <laughs> For each movie, <laughs> right and, then, yeah. <laughs> and then you do a weighted average of all of them, and you got your final score. Uh, and Iron Man 3 comes in at a 32.17 on my scale, so not Ooh. very good, Dave. Um, so did, would that put it above or below you in the Predictor League? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not in last place. It's not in last place, so... It's not. It's not in last place. No. What's below? What's below Iron Man three at thirty two point one seven? Thor: The Dark World scored a thirty one point two. Oh. And The Incredible Hulk got a twenty four. Yeah. Iron Man two is above Iron Man three for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love Iron Man two. I I want my name taken off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I ride for Iron Man 2. The way you ride for Iron Man 3, and that's an unpopular take, I ride for Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is essentially Iron Man 1 over again, except that War Machine is in it, and it has a better villain. Yeah, and he has electric whips. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm into that. Mm. <laughs> Gotta pay extra for that, baby. <laughs> Kinky. Uh, my top, though, is Civil War. Um, that's for now. I haven't updated the spreadsheet to include Infinity War yet, because I need more time to process what the hell just happened to me. Um, I suspect Infinity War is going to top it, but I'm giving it a few months before I put that into the sheet. But yeah, I have Civil War at a 98.4, so very nearly perfect. And what's what's top three then? Top three. Uh, Civil War has a 98, Guardians, the first one, has a 95, and Black Panther and Ragnarok both have a 94. Yeah, I think that's fair. Apart from Guardians, Guardians is overrated. Oh man, Guardians reminded me of seeing Star Wars for the first time. It had a lot of yeah, that, like... Yeah, Star Wars is overrated as well. All right, um, well. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't know. Not to, not to poo on you, Ian, but I just think if the one thing that everyone says about the film is, oh, the soundtrack was really good. Like, no, 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 no. It's just songs. Like, I... No, but that's what people say. Like, oh, I really love this song now. I love this. Like, it doesn't... But doesn't make it a great film. Like that's just... a straw man argument if I've ever heard one. That's not well, the only thing people say about that movie. Let's be honest, this is Chuck's hipster take of the day. <laughs> it's not hipster. It's not hipster. It's <laughs> such a dick. Everyone you ask go, oh, I really love the music. At, at some point within the first three things about that film. Because it, it is, is it, because just... it is important. No. Now, I, I no. specifically mention it because, obviously, I'm a soundie and a very good musician. So, like, I... I so i'd naturally sort of like gravitate towards that but it does there's not many films where it's hinged not hinged but it's a major part of it and the soundtrack is a huge part of that i mean uh, i don't know if you've seen baby driver as well yeah love that yeah the soundtrack is immense on that it's a massive part of it and you can't ignore it but it's also i mean the tone of the film's great It's, it's genuinely hilarious in a lot of it the characters are, are fantastic and i think yeah i think guardians is a, is a great film i only mention the soundtrack because i don't i don't notice the soundtrack in any other marvel film the only one i think that competes is black obviously guardians 2 but that's like kind of the same thing yeah um but i was gonna say black panther right like, not seen it yet, that so is yeah. genuinely an album that i've been listening to for months okay. um, basically on repeat because it was um Kendrick Lamar, the rapper, recorded new songs. Like, he wrote the entire soundtrack. Okay. And it is really, really good rap music. Like, just a, even non-Marvel people are love and listen to that soundtrack in the rap community because it's, like, so good. Um, and it and I feel like that's equally an, a, an extra character the yeah. way that it is in Guardians. Like, the, the fifth or sixth Guardian is the movie, is the soundtrack, I mean. Yeah. Like, it's in there for me. And that's how you get Ian to talk about Marvel films. The great size of music, see? Put I knew some, we'd draw it out of put you. Put some fucking 70s music in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take Stimmers back to his uh, teenage years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, he said the 70s, <laughs> not the 40s. No, his, that, was, that was when he hit middle age, bud. Yeah. 70s. Jesus Christ. He's watching the, the uh, first Captain America movie being like, ah, oh, those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> the war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Stimmers. I think we had some listener questions, some listener stuff. 
Oh yeah, we did. So uh, yeah, but yeah, but we got Dave on. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> is there anything? It worse? was seriously reduced this week, obviously. But uh, they're all from one person. But we'll go with them. So uh, Adam P, thank you for your contributions. I think he's going to enjoy this episode. But uh, he said, if you could bring an actor and a director into the MCU, who would you choose? So teaming up in a Punisher movie, Martin McDonough and Tom Hardy. Oh, Ooh. you took my actor. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know Martin McDonough, he did uh, In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths and is it Seven Boards Outside Ebbing, Missouri? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, that's three. A, yeah, that's interesting. That's a great Nice, I would watch that. I would definitely watch that. And yeah. I'm not particularly into the Punisher as a character, but I would definitely watch that. What did you think of the Punisher series, since you love the Punisher so much, on Netflix? Did you watch it? It's good, but you have to work within the restraints of it still being a Netflix series, right? So it's not going to go all-out Punisher, over-the-top yeah. gore sort of thing. Yeah. It's also, he's a bit of a character where the more you make him do, the less interesting he is. A lot of his best stories are like him watching villains do stuff and then he comes in at the very end. Um, well, my answer also involves Tom Hardy. I just, just remembered what I had had this conversation like six months ago. Um, Tom Hardy is my dream casting for Wolverine. If they're going to recast Wolverine to be younger and bring him into the MCU, because I don't think Hugh Jackman wants to keep doing it for forever. I feel like Tom Hardy would be a perfect Wolverine yeah. As far as like what he actually is in the comics, because in the comics, Wolverine is short and like wide, kind of not stocky, but like burly. Yeah, he's always really short. Like he's not much over five foot in the yeah, comics. Yeah, exactly. Like, he is a short character. Yeah. And meanwhile, Hugh Jackman is like this very polished, tall, handsome guy. And Tom Hardy has that. I know he was just Venom, so like it's going to be hard to get him in. But he has that sort of feral cat energy to him. Where you're like, he could probably bite someone's throat out in a fight situation, and I don't think he would hesitate. Like, he's kind of scary in that way. And so I think at least for actor, I would want Tom Hardy coming in to be Wolverine in the new, you know, that now that they're going to integrate the X-Men. Uh, as far as a director, I feel like Ryan Johnson would be a really good fit for that. He He's really good at doing, like, viscerally powerful on-the-ground action sequences, both in Looper and in Last Jedi, and I feel like that would just be, like, very, I don't know, effective, pairing him up with Tom Hardy. I like that you've acknowledged uh, that Tom Hardy is Venom, because, yeah, he's already in... Isn't Venom in the MCU? No, that's Not still, that's technically. still Fox or Sony or someone. Sony, yeah. So Sony have to... That's the reason why um, they're doing the animated ones we mentioned before, is because for Sony will still put one of those out every alternate year with uh, when Spider-Man appears like live action. Mm -hmm. So I think that means that Marvel can still basically own the live action rights and then Sony can start to make money because of what they do with Spider-Man. Yeah, not to get too into the weeds of the finances of it, but they basically rent Spider-Man to put him in MCU movies, but Sony still mm -hmm. owns it and Sony distributed Homecoming. Um, Marvel just kind of made it for them. As oh, right. part of the deal okay. to be able to use Spider-Man. But Marvel wanted nothing to do with Venom. And Sony was like, can we put Tom Holland in it? Can we make it like officially tied in? And they were like, no. Wow. No. So they didn't want anything to do with that. And, and rightly so, because it was a terrible movie. And Sony don't know how to make good movies. Chuck, what about you? What do you got for uh, actor? I'm actually struggling. Everyone's been in the Marvel films, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, basically. Everyone ever. 
everyone ever has been in like every film. I can't think of a I can't think of an actor, but just for sheer hilarity, I'd quite like to see Stephen Chow direct. Yeah, so he did Kung Fu Hustle, and as well to tie it into the the original Miles Offside thing, he directed Shaolin Soccer. Oh yes, I if love that movie. If you guys have seen that, so just just something utterly ridiculous and just to the nth degree that doesn't really have to play into the MCU at all. Maybe just fuck it. Stephen Chow directs Howard the Duck. And I don't know, The Rock does the voice of Howard the Duck. Because The Rock should... That's it! The Rock is the only one who's in fucking everything, but he's not in Marvel yet. Bring in The Rock, make him Howard the Duck, just like they (laughs) brought in Vin Diesel to be Groot, and he only has, like, one line, or two if you include We Are Groot. Are you sure you want us to release this, Chuck? Because you're banging out these amazing ideas into the public (laughs) domain. Are you you sure? Yeah. I'm nothing. I'm nothing if not uh, a. Sir. I just want to see this shit made. Like someone with much more money and much better creativity than me can make this stuff happen, and then I'll just spend all my money to see it. Chuck's like the Rain Man of making Marvel ideas. <laughs> we found his like perfect, perfect niche. By by like 2035, we will have Marvel presents Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely a good movie. Definitely a good movie. Yep, definitely a good movie. <laughs> definitely a superhero. Yep. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely a superhero. I mean, it's slightly upsetting that it took me a while to realise that you weren't just being you and were being Rain Man. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> uh, Adam P's second question is, which footballers would be which Avengers? Hulk is Hulk. Yeah, Hulk is Hulk. Usain Bolt is uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, because you said, yeah, he's a footballer. What's he doing in Australia? Dave, as Australian correspondent, not to take this dangerously back to football or anything, but it, it, do you know what Usain Bolt's doing at the minute? What's happening with him? Uh, he didn't get a contract, and the other night he was at a Melbourne Victory Central Coast Mariners game. Central Coast is the team he trialed with, and he was in a Melbourne Victory corporate box. Ew. <laughs> okay. So we can safely say not very good. Yeah, no, he did not make it. No. Okay. Well, he wasn't that bad, but he wanted $3 million a year. Yeah, he scored two goals. <laughs> he done two goals. He done two goals against the team that's amateur. This is why you're here, Dave. You just busted apart all of us saying that he did quite well then. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we just saw the goals and was like, oh, he's amazing. He done goals. Done yeah, we goals. didn't see how shit the other team was. Yeah, no, the other team was just like a random... There's a random selection so, of like local players that they played against. Painters, decorators, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Let's just get so they just wanted to get some more followers. That was it. Just get a few more international fans in. Yeah. I think they were trying to pay for it by having like an it actually televised on TV here. They had like a whole Usain Bolt like series of like watching him train and watching his uh <laughs> Oh. <laughs> watching his trial matches. Was it just was it just Usain Bolt sitting there just eating chicken nuggets? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Is that it? Just like different sources. Num num. Mm. I mean, would watch, but yeah, would definitely watch Usain Bolt versus Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Chuck, calm down with the good ideas, all right? I know. I'm just <laughs> save this in the edit. What you need to do, mate, just edit this out and just save it in an ideas episode. <laughs> And then I'll just put this up. It'll be like Alan's dictaphone. Yeah, yeah. Usain Bolt faces off Joey Chestnut in a chicken nugget eating competition at Yeovil Aerodrome. <laughs> Yeovil Aerodrome, properly policed. Um, 
One for Oscar, just because I, I was thinking this earlier. So Black Panther, coolest character. It's got to be bring back Didier, bring back Didier Drogba <laughs> to be yeah. Black Panther. Bethany Gomez should be Black Panther because of his celebration. Oh, of course. Oh God, no. Yeah. Yeah. If we're gonna go for like old campy Marvel, then fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a done deal. That one, surely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Panther. <laughs> I might have put too much thought into this question because I have a whole list. Oh, beautiful. Content. But read away. Dave Mateo, take it away. Yeah. All right, so Hulk is Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Hawk, Hawkeye is Luka Modric because he's just always in the background, but he's pinpoint. Yeah, and if he's not there, you probably wouldn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, four is David Beckham because of the hair and he's got a hammer of a foot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Captain America is Raul because he was the leader of some superstars. Good. How do you not get an American in there for Captain America? Because <laughs> name me one American who we care about. Landon, Landon Donovan. Donovan. <laughs> Thank you. Literally called Captain America. Like nah, that's no his one likes Landon Donovan. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's interested. Get he rid- was good at Everton that one January. <laughs> Did he wow. play like four games? The sum of American football <laughs> achievement. He was good at Everton that one January. In 2004, whenever. <laughs> Iron Man, Johan Cruyff. Brings everyone together, total football is the Avengers, and he's a bit of a playboy. Okay. okay. Really, I haven't yeah. thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> Black Widow is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Always, always second string, always there for an emergency, plus he was the baby-faced assassin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good. And Loki is Ibra, because he should be a villain, but everyone loves him. Brilliant. I like that. Brilliant. That is hard to argue with any of that. Yeah, moving right along, that was perfect. Um, and then Adam P finishes, he's got two rounds of this, two rounds of fuck, marry, kill. Oh, so the God. first, <laughs> come on Chuck, you love this. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, you should. I'm a father now, guys. <laughs> yeah, so this is the only action you might see for a while. Just get on with the question. <laughs> okay, Chuck, who would you fuck, marry, kill? Hulk, Groot or Korg? Is Hulk in, like, Hulked out or like... Yeah, 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 Hulked out, not Bruce Banner. Full zucchini mode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a no. It's <laughs> a no to what? You're not going to... I'm not fucking Hulk. You're not fucking him. No, okay. Fine. Well, did you get fucked by? Which way round does it work? I mean, it's fuck, not get fucked. Yeah, you're doing the fucking. I'll tell you who you don't want well, to fuck. It can't be Groot because splinters. Yeah, splinters, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to stick your dick in a rock. I mean, well, you know. Yeah, uh, that's don't, true. Don't knock it till you try it. But then you just get radiation poisoning, and you'd have to get your dick cut off. <laughs> or you'd have a Hulk dick. Oh, yeah. well, hang on a minute then. Catching Hulk VD, now I got a Hulk dick. Let's go. Clearly fucking Hulk. Okay. That's, okay. That's is, I was going to say, this is pretty much sorted itself out, I think. So I reckon you marry Korg. I just want him in my life. Yeah, he's so funny. I mean, we're fucking Hulk. Um, so we're killing Groot. We're killing it's Groot. Sorted itself you out. can't deal with I am Groot all the time. It's very me, me, me. Very selfish. And imagine fucking, aside from the splinters too, it's just like, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot! <laughs> oh my god. I mean, that's going to be my ringtone now. <laughs> okay, and we've got one more, one more round of Fuck, Mary Kill. And this is the Chris's. Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. Well, we all know who Dave's fuck marrying. Fuck Hemsworth. You're fucking Hemsworth. <laughs> you fuck Hemsworth, you marry Pratt, and you kill Evans. Right, I'm 100% with Dave on this one. That is yeah. exactly what I thought. I'm that with is Dave. exactly what I thought. 
Oh, right, I'm the only one out. I'm not. I'm killing Hemsworth. Whoa. You're kidding. You're killing Hemsworth. Yeah, I, Captain. Like, have you seen how loyal Cap is to Bucky? I want him to be my husband in this situation. He will <laughs> fight for you. He will take care of you. He is loyal to a fault. Yeah, but he can be a right self-righteous prick as well. And you get none of your references. <laughs> no, I can yeah. touch him everything. This is true, Oscar. You're all pop culture and it's just fucked. Well, this is like my journey. This is his journey of discovery. I, I like I can take him through everything. Yeah, but what happens if you got 10 years into the like marriage and he's like, I don't really like Star Wars. Yeah. Well, and you can get divorced. There's, <laughs> there's your movie right there. Oscar takes Captain America on a learning journey. But then he has to kill Chris Evans and then marry the corpse of Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) (laughs) Having killed him previously. Wow. I was wondering how long it would take to veer into necrophilia. That's the problem with this game. 24 episodes. That took longer than I thought. Other than Oscar, we were all marrying Chris Pratt. I mean, that's a given, isn't it? He seems like an absolute delight. Yeah, and he used to be fat, so you know he eats a lot. Did he used to be fat? Yeah, he used to be a big guy. Really? Yeah, he only slimmed down like once he got Guardians and got all fit. If you watch um, Parks and Recreation, which he was oh. in before that, like he's a big guy. Oh, of course, yeah. But yeah, he's not, to say he's fat would be he's just like a... he's Hollywood fat. Hollywood fat, yeah. And to finish us off, as it were, uh, Johnny OG comes in with, "Have you ever played a decent Marvel video game?" Now I know you have, Oscar. You've got strident views. Yeah, the. Generally, they're not good, other than Marvel vs. Capcom fighting games, which are fucking great. They're like Street Fighter, but better. Um, but this Spider-Man PS4 that just came out recently is I genuinely maybe my favorite video game that I've ever played. Um, and it's also the best Spider-Man interpretation I've ever seen, outside of like the comics, obviously. Um, but it's as good as like the best comic book story arcs. Like They nailed the character. They nailed the sarcasm. The awkwardness, the New York, the like sort of innocence that he has that is kind of like endearing, um, the heartbreak that comes with like being betrayed, but like all everything. It's just such a good story, such a good video game. Love that game. See, they, they got proper writers in for it, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can like really tell that they love the character. They did like such a good job with the character. Yeah, everybody's been absolutely raving about that. The the Batman Arkham games are incredible to go obviously off kilter from Marvel, um, but Marvel wise, I, I like Lego Marvel games. Lego Marvel games are great. Lego Marvel, uh, to be fair, all the Lego games are great. Like, yeah, we're big fans of the Lego games. <laughs> bloody love Lego. Don't don't like it in person. Too many bits hurts when you step on it. Horrible. But no, put it in a, put it in a computer <laughs> game. Love it. Yeah, we were watching uh, Fantastic Beasts last night, and the trailer for Lego 2 came on, and I was like, oh, I forgot, I love that first Lego movie. The first Lego movie's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and the second one looks good. So to go go a bit old school, uh, X-Men arcade game? Uh, yeah, oh. the, the side-scroller. Yeah, the beat-em-up side-scroller. It has mostly been, that, that, that was really good, but it's mostly been, like, the fighting games that have been really good, so, like... Marvel versus Capcom, or just like yeah, there's the X Men scroller, and then there's an X Men. There was an X Men fighting game. Uh, X Men versus Street Fighter was like the first one that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't really. I mean, what else? I remember the first Spider Man games on PlayStation, the original PlayStation. I really enjoyed those. Yeah, Spider Man PS2 yeah, Spider-Man was like too. legendary. 
No, not PS2. This is like PS1. So it was like Spider-Man and then Spider-Man Enter Electro. That was like oh, the second one. I don't remember those. One. And they had like some real dodgy camera angles, but I loved them. And Stan Lee did the voiceover for it. Stan Lee had a cameo in Spider-Man PS4. Uh, why are you ruining it for me? I, I agreed to spoilers for the movies, not for the video games, Oscar. <laughs> it was obviously it had to be had to be yeah. of course the great man had to pop up everywhere you know but yeah other games never other games the Deadpool game was actually pretty good if you like Deadpool that game's actually pretty good yeah because it got didn't it get pulled and disappear and then like it was at least here it did and it just disappeared off all the shelves you might be thinking of the Punisher game okay because there was a Punisher game that came out on PS2 that was like super violent to the point where it had to be censored a bunch. Oh, wow. The Deadpool game was five years ago or something, and it's just the most fourth wall breaking game that's ever been made. It's just, it's Deadpool movies times 10 in that sense. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm going to have to look, check that out. But yeah, so is that all the questions, any? It is for this week, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Miles Offside Pod. We're Miles Offside on Facebook and Miles Offside Pod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And also, Christmas is coming. We've now got, I think it's if you're in the UK only, but we've got, if you're thinking of signing up to Amazon Prime, uh, you can get a one month free trial and uh, get all your Christmas presents delivered for free. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. If you follow that link, it gives us a little kickback and helps support your favourite podcast. Yeah, we're not going to be like those people who pretend like you can use a link and we don't make a little bit of money off of it like some people no. do. But it's just, no. yeah, a couple of quid to us. Um, but it doesn't cost them anything extra, right? No, you still you get the same free trial you'd have got if you'd have signed up for Amazon Direct. Yeah, so just start like a shitload of emails, um, sign up through them all, keep changing your name. And, and then, then cancel we'll, them. And then cancel them and we'll split you the money 50-50. cancel 50 the free trial. Because Amazon make loads of money and they deliver stuff and they say they've delivered it when they haven't and they put it in a safe place and it's not. I'm speaking from experience, guys. That literally happened today. I've had a delivery not shown up. It's been put in a safe place. Where is the safe place? This is a safe space, Chuck. How many times do we have to tell you this is a safe space? Where's my bloody parcel? You are literally the anti-sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, you know, you're just cutting that, though, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'll, it's fine. I'll leave it in. He's, I mean, just slag off Yodel and DPD or something, but not Amazon. It's not their fault. Yeah. Well, they they should have better distribution. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I'll pick it up for you. The fucking warehouse. I can see the warehouse from my window. Which I'll warehouse? You. Do you? Why did it have a word? Oh, for, can you, do you do Prime as well? Can I ask you to bring it to me within 24 hours? That's what I want to know. No. It's a long uh, journey from the north. It might not be there in 24 yeah, hours. Exactly. Time. I'll have to get a train. Gear up the horse and cart. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, deliver it on a bicycle with a basket on the front. Yeah. Singing the Hovis theme tune. <laughs> One for the teenagers. Anyway. <laughs> that just about wraps us up for this episode. Um, obviously, like we said... As, as the great man, Mr. Stanley, had passed away, we wanted to talk about the great work. Um, so much that happened in the world that wouldn't have happened without that guy. Um, and the outpouring of love from all kinds of people has been very, very heartwarming. And we all have our own experiences 
Um, and and even you know someone like Ian who kept proclaiming he's a layman about these things, but still knows and still has stories and, and affected and has been affected by by Stanley in some way in his life. So we thought it would be very remiss as a group of massive nerds not to talk about it. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, guys. Mr. Dave Matteo, thank you very much for adding in another time zone to the yeah. to the mop community. Yeah. I mean, Dave's Dave's broadcasting from the future. The snakes haven't taken over yet. <laughs> We're doing great. Right, say bye, Oscar. Bye, Oscar. And Ian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Dave. Bye, you guys. <laughs> Chuck's still a <laughs> <laughs> Hey! There he goes.